0: This is the best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
1: This is the Adam Gold Show. The Durham Bulls are like the UNC women's soccer program from like the 90s. Yeah, (laughs) still like that to an extent. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's true, but it's not quite what it was. UConn basketball. UConn <laughs> yeah. women's basketball. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Welcome to Friday. I don't the, know, can you say UConn
2: women's basketball around these parts now? I think that might uh, upset some people.
1: No, it, it, it should. It should upset people. We always get the home game. Um, it's too bad. Mm. It's too bad. Shouts to uh, Wes Moore, my friend. Uh, it's the Adam Gold Show on a Friday. Here you go. Dennis Cox is here. Who? Who? <laughs> Victoria had another baby shower? I,
2: no, right. I It's fine. I might might have got canceled. I don't know.
1: It's true. It's true. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Yeah. Like, we're, uh, we're heard all across the state. For those of you people up in Asheville, I don't think anything has necessarily gotten there yet, if it has. Uh, I, I've looked at uh, Asheville weather. I know that the uh, coastal area, uh, we're on Wilmington. That place is that they know what's coming. They're used to it. Uh, but we have uh, all over the state of North Carolina, there's going to be rain, and I hope that we'll, we'll be spared the worst of it, but I just hope everybody is taking the proper precautions, uh, and we'll try to keep it fun and light for the most part, except some of the stuff today is not fun and light, like the first thing that we're going to talk about isn't really fun and light. You can watch this on TV, though, and I apologize for my appearance today. Uh, but I am wearing a Mets shirt. Yeah. Very excited. We a big baseball game today. I, I, I've decided to practice what I preach in that I have always told state fans to embrace fandom. Don't be afraid of losing. Don't. Because it's your, the way you talk about games does not impact the outcome of games. Doesn't. Us predicting things doesn't change the outcome of games. It doesn't alter the the outcome. But mm-hmm. What well, we do. So, Mets Braves big weekend series starts tonight. Mother Nature clearly a baseball fan. The 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 Ian completely like left did missed Atlanta. Yeah, just went completely around. It's beautiful today in Atlanta. Apparently. I think I think there's a little clouds based on what I saw in the weather report today. Uh, and then sunny the rest of the weekend, like perfect M- mid seventies, and all three games in prime time, seven twenty tonight, seven twenty tomorrow, and then I believe it's the ESPN game on uh, Sunday night. So this is the huge series. Braves likely need a sweep, likely, but I think if the Braves take two out of three, then they'd simply have to outperform the Mets in their first three games, uh, in their three games remaining each next week. I believe the Braves are home to the Marlins, and the Mets are home to the Nationals. So nobody's playing anybody great. So, But that doesn't matter, <laughs> because you can lose to anybody, as both teams have proven over the last several weeks. There have been opportunities to take advantage of the others' failures, and neither team has done it. Uh, so this is where we should be. There's not much to choose between these two teams, and we have a three-game weekend series. To talk about it, and we'll we'll get into a little bit. But you can watch us on TV at WRAL Sports Plus. Uh, we're here, uh, Android, Apple, Roku, Fire TV, 34.1 on uh, an antenna. Spoke to somebody the other day who watches us on the antenna all the time, and the picture's great. So, should we go? Let's go. All right, this is the uh, the not necessarily fun stuff, but it is stuff that needs to be discussed. Remember back to last weekend and the injury to Tua tonga just before halftime against the Buffalo Bills. Right? If you remember that, we all thought it was a concussion. Mm-hmm. Head snapped back, hit the ground after he was shoved to the uh, turf, you know, going backwards. Got up, wobbly, was shaking his head to unwobble, but then he kind of stumbled and fell. The Dolphins said, well, he went through protocol, but it was really a back injury and an ankle injury that caused him to stagger and almost go down again. Really? Last night, very scary stuff. Tua was ragdolled in the second quarter and was out.
0: Open, he's open, Joe. He's going to be
1: sacked back in his own territory at the forty-seven yard line. Two is down. Down. I mean, he was a body. It was like a wrestling move. Yeah, he was body slammed to the ground. I just don't understand. First of all, I don't understand why that's not a conversation. We, I've, we were all talking about protocols and anything. How come you can't get anywhere near quarterbacks anymore? You can't tackle a quarterback low. Uh, you can't. I mean, if you come close to uh, accidentally hitting them in the neck or the head, it's a penalty. We saw that happen. Brian Burns got called for a terrible penalty. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that, right? But because we are so hypersensitive that apparently not last night. Um, so now the football world is wondering, how? How could this have happened? Why do we bury our own heads in the sand and act naive about this? The players are cattle. That's just it. The players are, there's going to be another player. No matter how good the player is, there's going to be another one. There's an, I'm not saying there's an unending supply. At some point, maybe there will be an ending supply. There will be a finite number of these people, but for the time being, nope. We're we're making more every single year. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins said they followed the protocols. Here's uh, Mike McDaniel, Mike M- McDaniel, McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins.
3: I don't think that his uh, an injury from last week um, uh, made him made him fall the same way this week. You know. Um, but, yeah, I, I do not have any, like, absolutely zero patience for or will ever um, put, a, put a, posi- a player in a position to, um, for them to be in harm's way. That is, like, not um, what I'm about at all. And no outcome of a game would ever influence me being irresponsible as the head coach of the football team.
1: All right, um, we do know that concussions beget concussions. Mm-hmm. If you get a concussion, it's just easier to get the next one. Also, I'm calling BS on it wasn't a concussion last week. Anyway, uh, next, the Dol- so the Dolphins said they followed the protocols. Here's NFL PA head DeMoris Smith on the process.
4: our job with respect to a case where we are questioning whether the protocols were followed starts with an investigation and an interview of the team doctors. We follow what's happening with the treatment protocol to, to ensure that at least the player knows that he's getting the best medical care. If it means us providing free second opinion, third opinions, doctors that he or she wants to look or talk to, we do that. And then going forward, it's a review of exactly what happened under the circumstances. And again, in a game situation, we built this to be a multi-layered matrix of people who can protect the player. Everybody from the referees to both team doctors to the neutrals to the spotter to everyone else, we want to know what happened. And then after that, any player who is in this situation has to be cleared not only by the team doctor, but a neutral, unaffiliated doctor that we both pay for.
1: Right. And that's that's the problem here. The problem is the protocols because I think the protocols eliminate common sense. Now, I was watching the game on Amazon last night, and there was almost a really good discussion after the game, except that it was had by basically all former players. And we'll get to uh, get to that element in a second. Because I got one more here from Demora Smith before I want to explain something. Uh, here's Smith on the responsibility of the teams. Every
4: employer in the country has a duty to provide a safe workplace or as safe a workplace as possible. But when an injury occurs, they have a duty to treat that injured employee as a patient. So what I would say to fans, and, and look, I get it. You love your football. The idea that tackle football and playing with concussions has to go hand in hand is simply a lie. We've seen this game do tremendously well economically. We've seen this game do tremendously well with a fan following since we've put in strict protocols in twenty eleven. So the idea that somehow these two things have to go hand in hand is simply not true.
1: All right. It's the responsibility of everyone, not just the team. It isn't just the team's responsibility. Because you can't trust the team. But you know who else you can't trust? The player. Players are always going to want to play. Yep. Football's a game of toughness, man. Mm-hmm. Playing through injury. Doesn't matter where the injury is. Look, this this might be alarming to some people, but for decades, players, it was like a badge of honor for the player to come, oh, I just got my bell rung, to come back. Shake the cops. Right. And you saw Tua doing it against Buffalo. Like there's no way that he wobbled because his ankle was hurt or his back hurt. There's just no way. If 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 you watched his body language against Buffalo, first thing he does is shake his head cuz clearly he needed to shake his he was trying to shake himself straight. And then as he's not just going to the ground but kind of slumping back on another player You can tell he's still foggy. So don't hang that on back and ankle. And I'm going to move on here, but we either need to eliminate the team and the players from this and have somebody completely independent. Not somebody who works for the players, somebody who works for the league, somebody completely independent, has no, no skin in the game at all, And these people are in charge of these situations. Either that or we need to stop caring to the level we care today. Because nothing that we do is going to make the game safer. Nothing. It's a brutal game. And the players understand it. They have understood it forever that it's going to be a brutal game. So, let's move on. 31 and a quarter hours away. Almost that time. Actually, kickoff, I'll bet you, is 7.42 in Clemson. Yeah, I guess. So, 31 and a half hours away from kickoff in Death Valley. How's everybody feel? (laughs) Everybody feel good about it? Look, we live in an age of hype, overhype, super overhype. I actually think that... We haven't completely gone to the mat for this one yet. We haven't. right? I don't believe this is something. It's only 10 versus 5. It's not like it's 1 versus 2. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't gotten tons of national run. But this is an enormous game for the Wolfpack. And in this era of college football and how we hype everything to the nines, the fact that State is playing in their first ever game between two top ten teams in the regular season. is awesome, and I know what the ramifications were from 1967. You win it, you're playing for a national championship. Yeah, they didn't win it. Uh, but honestly, there's no hype in that game. It's, it's 67. It's 1967. It was not many people were around for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's we be real. We haven't even put a man on the moon yet. Now we got a space force. That's true. I love that show. I don't love it. It's fascinating to that me. It was fun. I, this show's fascinating to me. Anyway, it's also the first ACC game of the season. Yeah. So.
2: For state, that is, yeah.
1: State wins, right. Clemson already played. Uh, state, Clemson played two. State wins. Now what? Oh, we got seven more of these. Mm-hmm. Including next week against Florida State. And then at Syracuse. Still got the game against Wake Forest to come. This is just the first step. Good luck. All right. What does last year's win over Clemson mean? In the grand scheme of things, I asked that of Dave Doran yesterday.
0: Well, I think we believe we can beat these guys, and, and I couldn't always say that. You know, I think there were certain guys that did. There was a lot of guys that thought they could. There was a belief in our locker room that we were better than them. and not, you know, as people or any of that, just as a team, that we could go out there and out-execute them and win. And when you have that and then you finally do it, I think it does matter. It means something, you know. I mean, there was a time here when we couldn't beat anybody. I mean, my first year we didn't win a single league game, and everyone we played was like, how are we going to beat these guys? Like, no one thinks they can win, and it's the opposite. We expect to win, you know. And so I think that's the biggest difference in that. Closing seconds of that game, getting the W, I think it really elevates confidence within a team that they can beat anybody. I mean, Clemson's a great program. Uh, they're two time national champions under Dabo, and we respect them. And so when you knock someone off that's that good a program, it means something to your confidence.
1: It was a fun game last year. I would argue that last year's game, State probably should have won comfortably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, But, one nonetheless, getting it done just teaches you a lot about it. That was a big game, although we all understood that Clemson wasn't the same Clemson, right? DJ Uyunglele had not yet developed into a good quarterback, I believe, over the last couple of weeks. We have seen DJ look like the quarterback that Dabo Sweeney kept touting Mm -hmm. for two years. And as we talked to, I think it was Kelly Gramlich from the ACC Network yesterday. Like, we go back to the game at Notre Dame where they lost, but he threw for 450 yards. He's playing better now, much better now than he did in that particular game because they had different personnel in that particular game. Uh, All right. Well, there's something else about Dave that Dave Dorn said I want to get back to, but let's move on to the Panthers and Cardinals. Because I'm a little. Look, there's not a lot to say about this particular game. I don't think the Cardinals are all that good. We know what the Panthers are. I do think that when the Panthers win this game on Sunday, and I believe they will win this game on Sunday, it might create a sense of false hope among fans, but whatever. Enjoy the moment. It's been a long time since we could have been able to enjoy Panthers moments mm-hmm. because honestly, a lot of losing, and also not playing a fun brand of football. That's the, to me, that's an issue for this team. They don't play a fun brand of football to watch. I mean, the th- first three games this season have been kind of you wouldn't want to sell the game by showing people Panthers games. They they have to address that. In terms of being fun. And I've been harsh on Matt Rule. And I'm going to be harsh on Matt Rule here for a different reason. So I'm wondering if there's beef between or or in the Panthers offensive meeting room. Obviously the passing game hasn't been good. Matt Rule was asked about that yesterday. Yesterday.
2: As you've heard me talk about the passing game, it's it's everybody. It's not never on one guy. It's, it's on the coach. It's on the it's on the line to protect. It's on you know. So it's on the guys that get open and make make tough catches. So I think everybody's just kind of kind of really honing in on hey, what can I do? Um, you know, it's like I talked about with turnovers last week. If you talk about something a lot, sometimes guys start to get tense about it. We gotta we gotta we gotta cut loose a little bit. When Baker gets edge pressure, there's not many guys who have a better feel for stepping up. Um, you know, I think it was a challenge in some you know in the, in the second game because of the blitz package. Um, I think, uh, you know, as we said, we we just have to do a really good job. The line has to do a good job of just making him feel really confident with the pocket in front of him. And the part of it's just the timing of guys getting open and being where they're supposed to be. You know, there's, you know, every play kind of tells its own story. You know, there's plays where we turn on and someone's supposed to You're running into the window and they're not quite where they're supposed to be, and Baker's looking there. And so all that always falls on the quarterback. You know, it always falls on the on the play caller. But we kind of just need everybody to understand that, you know, they're the most important person on every play. They just have to do their job and 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 I think you'll see those those plays start to happen.
1: Say less, Matt. Say less. All right. Now, you heard what Matt Rule said. He was not blaming any one particular group. He was blaming everybody. We can agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Dennis, that's that—that's your read, too? Yeah. That Matt Rule was blaming everybody. Basically. Which, for the most part, fair. We'll get back to that. Question posed to DJ Moore, who I believe caught one pass for two yards in the win over the Saints. The question posed to DJ Moore was Matt Rule. It wasn't really a question. It was Matt Rule says receivers need to get open better. What are your thoughts, DJ?
3: It all go hand in hand. Pretty much what he said is, you gotta get it on the same page, no matter what. But it's really no, I don't really got no in depth on on it. So just gotta get up and then touch the ball.
4: So why aren't you on the same page?
3: Why? No.
0: Doesn't have to be on the same page. You know, just pitch and catch. It's still a kids'
3: game at the end of the day. You haven't had any problem getting open in four years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is it surprising to hear that? Or? Is it surprising? Y'all got that from him. Like, it shouldn't, that don't matter. Him from no. him. Like, mm, don't matter to me. Getting open is getting open. Open is one yard, .5 yards. Open is open in this league. Like, Quarterback, if he doesn't see it that way, it's cool. They go into the next read, next person is open. That goes for everybody in our room. Everybody can get open. doesn't matter.
1: All right. But if you watched the video of that, DJ did not appreciate the question or the thought that somehow this was on wide receivers or maybe him in particular. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I want to make it clear that Rule was not hanging this on any one group. But here's where I believe Matt Rule screwed up again. Don't call anyone out, Matt. That's why I said say less. Yeah. But by calling out wide receivers' offensive line, you have brought questions to them that they, honestly, they shouldn't even need to answer. And now it looks like we got problems because DJ Moore was called out by the head coach. Even though that's not what Matt Rule did. Cuz here's what Matt Rule should say. It's either only about the coaches. He's clearly protecting Baker Baker Mayfield here. Yeah. That that's his his aim here is to protect the quarterback who everybody understands and Baker admits has not played well. Certainly not nearly as well as they were hoping at this point. And they were not looking for Aaron Rodgers because they didn't sign Aaron Rodgers. They, they have Baker Mayfield. He's not Aaron Rodgers. They were looking for a better version of what they had, which to this point they don't have. No honest assessment of the quarterback spot for the Panthers tells you that Baker Mayfield to this point has been an upgrade over Sam Darnold. He hasn't. He hasn't been worse, but he had not been better. So Matt Rule either wears it with the coaching staff, say, we as coaches, we have to do a better job of putting players in position to succeed, mm-hmm. and that's enough. That's enough. Do you want? Do you? Do you want? Matt, you want to hear Matt Rule say that? Tell me, Matt
2: Rule saying that. Uh, look, here's the thing. At the end of the day, for us as a coaching staff, we we just got to make sure that we are putting our guys in the best position that they can be to be successful, and it really starts with us. And at the end of the day, when we go back check the tape, we we should all be on the same page.
1: Beep be, 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 That's all, folks. He does have a Porky Pig thing to him. Oh, yeah, no. Right? So, yes, that's what he should do. That's what he should say. He should stammer through that. Or, if you want to hang it on Baker, that's okay. Starting quarterbacks are built, especially Baker, they are built to be the shield. Because the good ones, the great ones, especially in terms of leadership, willingly take that on. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you start pointing the finger at everyone and you mention, hey, receivers need to get open. I'm telling you, DJ Moore is, is going to practice every day and getting in games every day, every Sunday, and going, I'm open. I'm getting open. So they don't want to hear you say receivers need to help them out. And now they've got a problem. And the problem is the head coach. Because he doesn't get that. Because oh, we have a big game. We have a huge game. And when we have a huge game, we ship Joe Giglio to it. I don't know where he is on the road between uh, Garner, North Carolina, and Clemson, South Carolina, but let's find out. Joe Giglio, where are you, sir?
3: In the Adidas store in Greenville, North Car- uh, South Carolina.
1: You're in the Adidas store? Yes. Did you uh, are you uh, starting Christmas shopping now?
3: Yes, yes. (laughs) I could tell you what I'm doing, but I can't tell you over the air what I'm doing. I'll tell you at a later date.
1: Totally understand. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's start with the macro on this. One of the biggest games. I mean, in the hype era of college football, State's never played a regular season game like this, right?
3: No, this is the biggest game most people are going to remember NC State ever playing. And uh, so, it's, uh, it, it's a big moment. And the, the, the big question is, can they handle the big moment?
1: So, what do we have to kind of point to to give us an indication of how this group, coaching staff, maybe more than the players, have handled moments like this? Is last year's game at Mississippi State – in any way, shape, or form similar to this? Um,
3: I, I understand where you're going, but I think the familiarity of the opponent helps here in NC State's case. Uh, I think they have to take the confidence from last year in the win over Clemson. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as far as like having one of those moments where you're like, okay, NC State, this is your turn not to play with your food. This is your turn not to trip over yourself. Um, they have not been trustworthy in such moments. Um, I do think that it is a conference game, and I do think that it's against an opponent they had success against last year definitely helps and points them in the right direction.
1: Dave Doran told me yesterday that last year's game, they as they were preparing for it, they felt like they were the better team. And I don't disagree with that. I thought, especially the way Clemson had been playing at that point, I thought NC State was the better team. And the fact that it got to overtime was a little bit of a surprise, but maybe not. Um, How do you think these two teams stack up, just in terms of personnel taking the uniforms off?
3: Yeah, I think NC State has the better um, secondary for sure. I'll take NC State's linebackers as well. Um, Obviously, Clemson's defensive front. They got a couple NFL guys there. (laughs) Yes, I'm not impressed with Clemson's skill players. Uh, That includes their quarterback their offensive lines are probably a push. I think it just kinda of comes down to just as it was last year with Devin Carter having to win some some jump balls. I think if you know, which 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 receiver group is really gonna differentiate itself and really step up and make the plays that are necessarily, that are necessary to win the game. Credit to Clemson's tight ends and running backs and receivers last week they did those things. Um, the question is, can they do that again uh, against what I think is a, a better secondary in NC State? All
1: right. So before we get Stanley to the, before we get to the Wolfpack uh, in terms of how they have played offensively over the f- uh, first four weeks of the season, I just want to go back to your lack of confidence in DJ Uyunglele, which, by the way, now I can say thanks to you. I've heard that promo enough. Uh, I've been pr- I've been practicing the. I thought DJ looked like he was playing differently and more. Uh, more patiently against Louisiana Tech. And I thought that really showed against Wake Forest that those two games, certainly the latter one, didn't even alter your opinion on DJ? Uh,
3: he's definitely improved. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Adam. Um, I went, I, I'm always going to believe what I see. And I went to the state Clemson game in 2018, so last time I was down here at Clemson for a football game and, you know, everyone was trying to tell us that Ryan Finley was an NFL quarterback. Right. I had questions about Ryan Finley at the time. Everyone knows this. And I saw Trevor Lawrence on the first throw of that game throwing out 30 yards across the field, and I go, and there's an outdoor (laughs) press box at Clemson. Believe it or not, you could hear the damn ball whistling across the field (laughs) when the kid threw it. And I I just turned around, and Luke Dukak was sitting next to me, and I said, that's what the NFL quarterback looks like, not the one they're trying to pass off in Raleigh. So... Uh, that's my standard. It always will be. And part of that is covering NC State and Phillip Rivers and, and Russell Wilson. Like, you can't fake uh, certain positions when you've seen it, right? You, you know, I'm not. who am I talking to? You've seen enough NBA players all these years in the triangle. Yep. You know one when you see him. So, to me, it's just, you know, uh, I, the, he's, fine, he's improved for sure, but that doesn't mean he, he is one of
1: those guys. Well, I agree. I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback. I uh, 100% agree. I just – the, the the guy I watched against Wake Forest though, did not seem at all bothered, but by, by no, waiting, he
3: well. he, right? He's been improved too. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not disputing that. Okay, they don't have Mike Williams though. They don't have Travis. No, the they don't. I mean, Martavis Scott, Martavis Bryant, yeah, you the, name it. They that's they the have difference. Dudes on dudes on dudes on dudes. They just
1: don't have those guys anymore. To me, to me, mean, right. to me you know. that's the difference between Clemson now and Clemson. It isn't so much the quarterback. They were dangerous with Kelly Bryant, who ain't anything uh, close to an NFL quarterback. Now, they weren't amazing with Kelly Bryant, which is why they went to Trevor Lawrence, but um, it's it's the backfield, and I like Will Shipley, but I don't think he's certainly not some of the guys you mentioned, uh, and right. the, the receivers are not those guys. They don't have enough of those guys. Now to NC State. Joe Giglio is with us. Uh, He's at the Adidas store in Greenville. If you're on your way, you can bother him while we're having this conversation. Maybe you're listening uh, on the app somewhere. Um, What has been their – give me an idea of what what you think their offense has been for the first four weeks.
3: Um, They haven't been great. I think they've been uh, sharp against lousy defensive teams. Um, I was disappointed in the way that they played in the second half at ECU. Uh, I thought they were lucky, obviously, to get out of there with a win, but they did. And then, you know, I I do think Demi Sumo is a guy who they can run with. I I have questions about their offensive line. This will be obviously the most difficult test they get uh, in terms of the defensive front that they'll see this year. So, you know, the weather, we don't know. It's not even raining here right now, by the Mm -hmm. way. It rained all morning in North Carolina, but it's not raining here um so do with that what you will um you know i i think it's i just to me it ultimately comes down to it. i want to see more out of Devin carter he's, he's mostly been absent this mm-hmm. season i want to see more plays designed for thayer thomas i want to be i want to see thayer thomas targeted you know between 10 and 15 times in this game uh, it is this is a game really that you, you really have to die with your fastball and I, I hope nc state does that and uh if they do you know, you tip your hat and you say to Clemson, you, you played better than us today, but you don't really want to leave this moment and this opportunity and, and say, well, geez, man, if only, you know, all of our 28-year seniors came back and well, <laughs> if only, you know, Devin Leary, you know, didn't go pro, if mm-hmm. only, you know, if this, that, and, that, you know, candies and butts. But, um, you know, this, this is a 40-year storm, Adam. Yeah. And you, that's, it's a moment they really need to embrace.
1: All right, real real, real quick about this is what I said at the beginning of the season going into the ECU game. We didn't see it in that game. We really haven't seen it against comp- competition that is similar. That I wanted to see them trust Leary and let it go. Let it rip. Be a passing team and then work the run off that. Have they done that or uh, is that what you're advocating for? Like, trust Leary, trust Thomas, make Carter a thing, uh, and Because they have other good receivers, too, that we really haven't seen establish themselves.
3: Yeah, I think ultimately they need to be a little bit more creative in the passing game. I want them to be less predictable as well on first down. Uh, that doesn't mean you abandon the run. I actually thought their game plan against Texas Tech reminded me of 2019 when West Virginia really kind of tore apart NC State's defense, in large part because they knew how to play against the three-man stack. And I think NC State did that against Texas Tech. They ran the ball a lot in that game. It didn't bother me. Um, I do think there is a place for that. But ultimately, I think you win games by your quarterback being outstanding, by Devin Carter showing you what he did last year at Clemson, and by really involving Thayer Thomas in a creative way and not just as a, a trick play passer.
1: All right, Joe Giglio, what is the difference in this game as you see it?
3: I think ultimately it comes down to if NC State secondary can have a couple takeaways, as they did in that ECU game, and then the offense just needs to make one more play than Clemson's defense. I think if they could do that, they can win a low-scoring game and and get out of here, um, you know, with their dreams intact. If not, you know, and the law of the Wolves and and the NC State stuff says that Will Shipley, who's got 26 – family members who graduated from NC State, yet is somehow not at NC State, will magically run for, you know, 220 yards and five touchdowns and beat NC State. So, you know, I I don't see a whole lot in between on that one.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Uh don't don't get me anything at the Adidas store.
3: You're not an Adidas person?
1: No, I like Adidas. Just I, don't, I you have you have a family to take care of. All right, man. All right. I thank you very much for your time. You're
3: welcome. Safe trip back.
1: You're good. Joe Giglio. Low scoring game. I don't know. I mean. This is the Adam
2: Gold Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.